Revelation knowledge go forth tonight. May it unlock mysteries and divine secrets that have been in our spirits, Father, but will now illuminate our minds, light our pathway, so that we'll know what to do and when to do it. Father, we'll give you all the glory for all the good that will come out of this service tonight. In Jesus' name. Everyone that agrees with that prayer, shout it. Amen. Amen. So be it. Just love on someone tonight. Excellent job. Love on someone tonight. You can be seated after you love on someone tonight. Turn to Proverbs chapter 4. Proverbs chapter 4. It's interesting that I see you here tonight. I'll just follow the Spirit, but I saw myself doing something with you tonight. We'll just see where that goes. Interesting. See where that goes. Has God been good to anyone in this place tonight? Man, let me tell you. If God gets any better, I don't know what's going to happen to me, man. Seriously, I will think I have left planet Earth and gone straight to heaven. God is just so good. Proverbs chapter 4, let's read verses 20 through 22. Uh, One goal that I I set during the fast was to, you know, I went to a minister's uh, conference about 18 years ago with Dad Hagen. I think it was one of the last ones that he ever did. How many of you know that's a privilege to be able to? And, uh, you know, I kind of reflected on some of the notes from that. And one of the things he was trying to teach ministers was to train your spirit. And that most ministers spend, and really believers in general, well, you know if the minister is that way, the congregation is that way. But most of us spend our time in the natural. And we're making all decisions from kind of outward circumstances versus inward circumstances. And so I, I set out to further discipline and train my spirit during the fast. And one of the things he said is you have to practice listening to your spirit. And you have to write down what you believe your spirit is saying to you. Because if you don't write it down, how many know you'll lose it? But then you also have to have the faith to follow what you believe he led you to write down. And it just unlocks some of, the, some of it I'll share with you tonight. It just unlocks some things that you could have never found out about or, or walked into any other way but by listening to your spirit. And so... Really, what I did was I had a message last Thursday. I came in, and I just kind of began to write what was in my spirit last Thursday and began to just write it. And what I'm sharing with you all, we'll conclude tonight, is just things that I wrote down. Okay, Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. Proverbs chapter 4, verses 20 through 22. Are you there? All right, verse 20 says, This will be a quick review. My son, give attention to my words or pay attention to it. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them, here's key, do not let them depart from your eyes. So how many know hearing is important, but seeing also is important? We know faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. But a lot of times if all you're doing is listening to CDs and other things, you're hearing someone else's revelation. But when you see it for yourself because you're looking in the Word, I mean, he's going to show you some things that are specific to your situation. 
right? And there's really no two ways that are ever going to look the same. Just think about it. None of us have the same voice plate. None of us have the same fingerprint. So why would we think he's going to do the same thing in your life that he did in my life? It's just not going to happen. But if you'll listen, but also look at it every day, I mean, he'll illuminate some things that'll be specific to you and what you need to do for your situation. I believe it'll help people get married. It'll fix marriages. I believe it'll jobs, businesses. Everything can happen on a supernatural level once we make that decision to look at the word for ourselves. He said here, let it not depart from your what? Well, if I'm not letting it depart from my eyes, that means I'm keeping it in places where I can see it all the time, right? It says, let it not depart from your eyes. Why? Why? Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are what? Life to those that what? Find them and health to all their flesh. And so, being saved a while, how many of y'all, we all know people that can quote Scripture frontwards and backwards. Right? But a lot of times we don't see their life agree with what they're quoting. Right? Because you can either quote from your intellect or your memory from your soulless realm. How many of you can quote from your spirit? What's the difference between the two? You can mentally assent to a whole lot of things by memorizing it, but it doesn't really even mean you believe it. Right? But when, you, when it comes from your spirit, how many of you know now it's because you live it? And it's coming from a different place, okay? So now, think about it in this way. The memory of food won't do any good for your body today, right? It won't nourish your body today. I had a good meal on yesterday, but how many know the memory of that meal from yesterday does my body no good today, right? We said all these things. I'm just putting you in remembrance. Same thing spiritually. Think about it. I I can't live off of yesterday's nourishment spiritually. So whatever I studied or put in yesterday does nothing to nourish my body today. Remember how the scripture talks about bodily exercise, profiteth what? Little. But what about spiritual things? Think about the analogy that it's using. What he's talking about there for little bursts. So I went to the gym this morning. Praise God. I mean, that's only going to benefit me today. I can get up tomorrow and eat some pancakes, scrambled eggs, and throw that whole workout out the way, right? All right, it's the same thing spiritually. If you understand this principle, if you want to be well-balanced, then you've got to nourish yourself every single day, spirit, soul, and body. So we're an integrated system as we talked about, spirit, soul, and body. The Scripture will build up, if you believe this, it will build up your immune system, and it will fight against every form of sickness and disease. Hey, go to Proverbs. I didn't show you this last week. Go to Proverbs chapter 18. The Scripture, if you believe this, will build up your immune system even better than fruits and vegetables. And it will fight against every form of sickness and disease because he said, if you give attention to my words, climb your ear into my sayings, you don't let them depart from your eyes, you keep them in the midst of your heart, There'll be life, Zoe, well, really just the God kind of life, life the way he intended it uh, for you. But then he said it'll also uh, be health to your flesh, right? Health to your flesh. Watch this, Proverbs chapter 18. I promise you I've never seen this before until today. Proverbs chapter 18. 
I've listened to the whole book of Proverbs on CD, read it, whole nine years. I don't know why I never saw this verse. Out of the Amplified, listen to this. The strong spirit of a man sustains him in bodily pain or trouble. It's the Bible. But a weak and broken spirit, who can raise up or bear? So notice, nourishing your spirit then will drive out all infirmities, which tells you when any form of sickness and disease hits you, you need to build your spirit up. And your spirit will drive out the infirmities even better than the food that you eat. How many know you need a good balance of both of them, right? But the one that you can't afford not to do is the spiritual nourishment. Find out everything God said about healing. And how many know it will drive sickness right out of your body, right? Listen to it, see it, read it, confess it. It will do that for you. Now, this is all still review. John 6.33, you don't have to uh, turn there, but we know that uh, the, the words that he speaks, they, their life and their spirit, right? And so the flesh cannot produce life. The flesh depends on the spirit for life, okay? So I want you all to remember that. The flesh cannot produce life, but the flesh depends on the spirit for life. That word life there in John 6.63, again, is zoe, the very essence of life or the God kind of life. We said this, the eyes are the gateway to the soul, but the ears are the gateway to the spirit. That's why, again, faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. But think about transformation. Remember Romans chapter 12? If you're going to transform, then how many know you've got to see it through your eyes so that it can get into your soul so it can renew your mind? That's why you need both. Let me say it again. I know that. Let me say that real slow. The eyes are the gateway to the soul. So in other words, transformation can't take place by hearing. Transformation has to take place by you seeing. Why? Because you're nourishing yourself when you do. But notice, faith can come by hearing. Isn't that good? All right, so I'll say it again. The eyes are the gateway to the soul, but the ears are the gateway to the spirit. So if you want transformation to take, care, take place in your mind, I mean, you got to do some reading. How well do you think you'd do at a university if all you did was listen? Think about it for a minute, right? You got to do some reading, don't you? And then probably some rewriting of your notes. Right? Helps you to do what? Retain it. If all you did was hear it, how well do you think you'd do on the exam? Right, stay with me now. So, this is a shift for us. How many of y'all would say you do more listening than you actually do reading of the word? Just be honest, right? It's easy for us to pop in a podcast or SoundCloud while I'm in the car. But how many of you know that's not quality time, right? Ladies, help me out. You know when you're really into something, you're going to crawl up in a corner with a book somewhere. Oh, Jesus. I'm telling you, I can go in there tonight. There's a favorite spot in our room where I, my wife is going to be parked on that with a good book, and I'm telling you, some earbuds in her ears, and she is reading. And how many of you know I know something's happening when she's reading, right? Just listening is only half the battle, all right? Let's keep going. All of this, again, is just review, all right? So now, memory is in the spirit as well as in the mind, 
But again, if I'm only remembering from my mind, how many of y'all know all I'm doing is mentally assenting to something? But if I'm remembering from my spirit, it's because I've actually lived something. And we didn't look at it last week, but just write down Luke chapter 16, 19 through 21 if you want to see that memory is also in your spirit with the rich young ruler and the Lazarus or the rich man and the Lazarus story. But we're going to go by that today because I want to get somewhere. Um, We looked at Hebrews chapter 11. Well, let me make this statement that I made on last week too. Nothing has the ability to destroy the life of God on the inside of you. Nothing has that right. Nothing has that ability. So once you know the word in you and you've actually obeyed it, there's nothing this world can throw at you to take that away from you. Even if it, the weapon form, even if it looks like it's winning, you'll come back so much greater. The word will bring you back so much greater than whatever it looked like that you'll never even know you went through anything, okay? And you have to have more confidence in that than you do anything else. We looked at Hebrews chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. And verse 3, we know that Jesus was raised from the grave and he was appointed all things, which makes us, again, heirs and joint heirs with Jesus Christ, which means everything that belongs to him belongs to us, right? Verse 3 said that he's upholding all things by the word of his power. So then the word is where the power is and everything is upheld by the word. So again, if we're heirs with him and joint heirs with him, I mean, we're not going to get his results doing it a different way. So if he's upholding everything by his word, I mean, we've got to uphold everything by the word. So if things aren't being upheld in our lives, then we've got to go back and look at the word and figure out what we're not doing because the word will do its part. We just have to do our part. Again, we know John 63 again, the words are spirit and they are life. John chapter 14, 10, we looked at that. The father gave him the words to speak and the father carried them out. This is where I want to go tonight. Uh, I think we left off with Jesus saying that he could do nothing by himself, right? So he was dependent on God for everything, right? And I want you all to really catch this tonight. He was dependent on God for everything. This is what I've learned. Everything that I do, I mess up. Everything that I do that he instructed me to do, I have success. It's just that simple. Go to John chapter 5. This is where we left off. John chapter 5, and we'll pick up all new nuggets from here. John chapter 5. John chapter 5. Verse 19 says, well, let's start at verse 16. For this reason, the Jews persecuted Jesus, and they sought to kill him because he had done these things on the Sabbath. But Jesus answered them, my father has been working until now, and I have been working. Therefore, the Jews sought all the more to kill him because he not only broke the Sabbath, but he also said that God was his father, making himself equal with God. Then Jesus answered and said to them, verse 19, most assuredly, I say to you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For whatever he does, the son also does in like manner. So I want you all to understand the pattern that he said here. Jesus said, I don't do anything of myself. Key thing that he said here, I only do what I see my father do. All right? And so which means the father must have left an example for him to follow. Now, how many know that's good parenting right there? 
If you ever want to learn who you are, just watch your children. Because they're getting ready to tell you, am I right or wrong? Uh, it's my son. I'm telling you, that's me all over again. My mother used to say, now you're getting ready to understand what I went through dealing with you. And, and every time, I can't say anything because I know I was the same way. All I'm trying to do is help him kind of buy. I learned the hard way. I'm trying to help him learn through instruction. But I see the same little patterns, right? All right. So notice what Jesus said here. Whatever he sees the Father do, that's what he does. And, and you should underline in like manner. So here's the principle, folks. He doesn't do anything by himself. He finds out how the Father would do that, and then he does, does it that way. How I many know he's going to get the Father's results? All right, I want to say this real slow. So marriage works if we do it the Father's way. All right? Finances work if we do it the Father's way. Right? Health works if we do it the Father's way. Raising children work if we do it the Father's way. Now, is this safe? Can I say this? If it didn't work, we probably didn't do it his way. Anyone in here willing to agree with that? All right. Drop down to verse 30. Verse 30, he said, I can do, I can of myself do nothing. As I hear, I judge. And my judgment is righteous because here it is, I do not seek my own will, but the will of the Father who sent me. Which means... Everything that we do needs to be judged, not by our standards, but by his standards, right? And we've got to find out if it's his will, because we won't know unless we find it in the word of God. Am I doing this his way, or am I doing this my way? Now, next week, we're going to start a ministry to singles. I've never done this before in my life. I'm going to take about three or four weeks to do this, and we're going to deal with every aspect of it, being widow. I mean, everyone's not single by choice. There are so many, we're going to look at it from a doctrinal point of view first. There are some people who just want to be single. That's fine. But we're going to really understand the will of God for singles, and, and it's going to be a great foundation for married people because, how I many you know, even though you're married, you should try to become more and more single. Oh. Not single without, but whole here. The more whole we are, the better our marriage is. The less, we, then we, we, we become too needy. And the reality is neither one of us can give the other one what they truly need. Can't. It's impossible. But if we're already whole, how many know that takes the pressure off the other person? Problems come in a relationship when something's missing within me, not outside of me. And I start looking for the other person to fix what only God can fix. So then I start projecting on them something that they can never be, which adds to my frustration. I'm not frustrated with them. I'm frustrated with me. That's what I'm talking about there. It'll be a real blessing to you. I've never touched these areas about widow, about being single by choice. There are about four, three areas I've never even touched from a doctrinal standpoint. I mean, there's a difference between solitude and being lonely. Everyone is by themselves. Sometimes that's a good thing. 
and it's going to shock you. In marriage, I need solitude. Oh, Jesus. Yeah. Which means there are times I need time away from my spouse and children. I'm not lonely, but there are times I enjoy being by myself. See all these scared husbands in here. They're like, I'm not saying no amen. She's sitting too close to me right now. I, I can say it. I can say it. Listen, there are times, listen, you're going in the office today, praise God. I don't mean that in a negative way. What I'm looking for is some solitude. And that's healthy, folks. It's a complete paradigm shift, and you need that in marriage. There are times you like, Jermaine, go, and you like, Tamika, don't you got rehearsal tonight? That's not a negative thing. Stop being scared. <laughs> Kelly, you got him all. He is sweating over here. Am I right or wrong? That's not negative. That's like, go. Watch this, and then I'm ready for you to come back. And I look forward to you coming back because I had some solitude. Every marriage needs solitude. Every single person, every single Christian needs to know if they can enjoy solitude without someone else being around. Because if you can't enjoy you, you can't enjoy nobody else. Come on, I'm preaching better than you saying amen, which is a prerequisite for whether or not you're ready to get married. If you got to call somebody, I'm already on the message. If you got to call somebody every five minutes, something wrong with you. You can't go a couple of hours without hearing from somebody. Something wrong with you. Come on, don't leave me out here by myself. It's going to be a great foundation. Tell every young adult, single person you know. It's going to be a great foundation. It's going to help married people understand what might be going wrong in our marriage. Y'all don't get away from each other enough. Oh, I'm getting ready to mess y'all up. There, there, there are times when I'm at that gym, I see it. I ain't answering that. Why? This is my solitude time. And we got a code. If it's an emergency, put that code in there. Other than that, I'll be back available in about three hours. She's the same way. She just went to Detroit. How many know she loved that without me and the kids? I've been, I was a single dad for three days. I mean, she was refreshed. I know she was. Nobody saying, Ma, do this. Wash the clothes. Where are my clothes? Blah, blah, blah. What we eat? What's for dinner? Blah, 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 blah. Nothing for three days. She needs that. Got all these scared husbands again. Boy. <laughs> Let me get back to my message. Go to John chapter 14. I don't know how I got. You see, I'm excited about ministering that. I realize I've been married for 18 years in a relationship for 21. You can forget these things. And so all your examples can really be about parenting, marriage. You lose a whole audience. So going back and studying it is refreshing to me because I realize it's the foundation for a good marriage. All right, John chapter 14. Are you there? 
All right, let's begin reading at verse 11. John chapter 14, verse 11. Let me give you some good nuggets tonight. All right, John chapter 14, verse 11. Notice what he says. Believe me that I am in the Father and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Now, I'm getting ready to go real slow. Which means if you tell me that you're a believer, I should see something in your life that confirms that. And this is the only way the world will respond to you. You can tell them all day long, I love Jesus. But it's something in your life that they're looking for that says that Jesus is real. That's all he's saying here. If you don't believe me, then at least believe me for for what God's been able to do through my life. All right, watch this. Most assuredly, in verse 12, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also, and we're going to talk about this, and greater works than these will he do, because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Power. Which means, folks, we should have some things happening in our lives that make the world go, man, there must be a God in heaven. I'm trying to build you up tonight. That that means he wants to answer some things in your life that are a calling card to everybody that knows you that only God could have did that for them. And it's at that level and that magnitude. Notice what he said here. He wanted the Father to be glorified in the Son. Every time God answers a prayer of yours, how many know God is glorified and people begin to give him the glory for what he did for you? So faith in God and his word gives us the opportunity to act just like Jesus acts, which means it's tax season. Jesus would not cheat on his taxes. He wouldn't claim more people. Let me stop. Let's say it this way. When it was time to pay taxes, God told him where the resources were. Right? And he said, render to Caesar the things that belong to Caesar. And to God, the things that are God's, right? Cast that fish over in that water. There's a fish down there at the bottom with a coin in his mouth. That's what he said. That's enough to pay your taxes and mine. All right? I'm trying to teach you something tonight, and I pray I get it across well. Grace teaches us that everything that we will ever need is already in this earth. Right? And God's not withholding it from us. It's just, are we diligent enough to seek him to figure out where it's at? Okay, let me give you an example of this. We just locked up, almost locked up. It's pretty much a done deal. What I consider the most premier speaker, international speaker in the world, coming to Linked Up Church. Two years old. Just a miracle of God. But listen to this. We didn't have a building for him to come to because we could only get him on a Friday night. 
Can't use this building on Fridays. Can't use Marietta on Friday. Every else, everywhere else we call it, they want too much money. You put the two together, the honorarium and the facility, and it makes no sense. Right? Getting ready to teach you something. So I'm in prayer. Everything, this is what I said. God, he confirmed that he'll come. He gave us a date that he'll come. There's a building out here for us. Okay, listen to me very carefully. I'm in prayer. Where is it at, Lord? Show it to me. He showed it to me. My flesh kicked in. We can't get that building. They already told us we can't use it. See, see how we do? Why am I negotiating? You understand? Now I know more than God. Right? Because my experience kicked in. What are we going to rely on? My experience kicked in. I, I know what I'm doing. I've been here, been there, done that. I already called them. No was the answer. Can't use it. I said, follow that. So I built up enough confidence through prayer to call. And guess what? That's the building we got. This is what's getting ready to shock you at no cost. Man, somebody ought to. See, y'all sitting there. Man, I, let me, let me, you all don't understand. Everything we were looking at was $30,000, $25,000, $40,000 at no cost. Zero. My hero. All because I listen. And the people, this is in writing. This is in a, we can't use this facility. This is, this is no and the Lord said, call them and ask. All because I changed my perspective from it's already here. Now, where is it, Lord? Then I, had, I trusted what he showed me. Even though everything up here said we already tried that. We already know that's a no. I was already told never to ask for it on that day. Guess what? And it wasn't even hard. I asked on Friday. I had to answer by Monday. Listen to me. Somebody at no charge. That's 25000 minimum that stays in the church's budget. That, that just comes from listening. Now, let me tell you, if I stay all natural, because like, we got to get a facility, it cost us $25,000 plus. If I listen, it saves us $25,000. And he's no respecter of person. There's something else I want to tell you, too. I just can't tell you right now. And it's bigger than what I just told you. I haven't told anyone yet because I know can't nobody hold it. I haven't even told my wife. I'm the only one that knows, me and God. But it's, no, see, look at you. Come out of it now in the name of Jesus. But it's bigger than what I just told you. Way bigger. Just listening. God, you didn't bring us out of Egypt to not go to a promised land. 
See, my, my whole mindset, Minister Vinny, is changing. If God is in it, it's bigger than where we came from. Y'all, the man, look here, man. Let me. Because he said, I'm not only supposed to do what he does, I'm supposed to do it at an even higher level. Not because of how great I am, but because of how great he is. That's why he put on there, not because you go to the Father. He said, because I go to the Father. Any confidence in you is trusting on the arm of the flesh. Any confidence in him is trusting on him and his grace and what he's already done for you. All right, let's keep going. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Go there very quickly. Philippians 2, 5 and 6. I don't know if anybody heard me. International speaker travels the world, agreed to come to us. We have no facility to host him at. Everyone we're calling is costing twenty-five dollars to $40,000. I'm in prayer. Call him and ask. I'm like, he already said no. Come on, y'all been there. Don't act like that. It's already a no. It gets stronger. It gets stronger. Forget it. Let me just call. In other words, God don't know what he's talking about. Let me just satisfy God and call. See how we are. Come on, y'all act like that too. Come on, right, right? Can I be perfectly transparent? I just called. I didn't even really believe. Because he's teaching me, folks, just like we would a child. See, he's teaching me, you can pastor this thing naturally or you can pastor it supernaturally. You're going to get better results, though, if you pastor it supernaturally and save a lot of money. And a lot of bumps on your head. All right. Watch this. Philippians chapter 2, verse 5 and 6. Now listen, folks. It's going to take faith to, to follow this. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who thought he could raise the dead, get money out of fish's mouths, feed 5,000 people with five loaves and two fishes, walk on water. Let that mind be in you. I'm just letting that sink for a minute. Not your mind, his mind. I'm going to take it a step further. Now you all may throw something call this blasphemy. Well, it's on SoundCloud, so, but I'm getting ready to say it. Say, let this mind be in you, which also was in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. He thought he was the same as God. You're not ready for this. How many parents are in here? 
guess what? If I have it, my children have it. We share the same last name. Same blood. Every resource I have is available to my children. And listen, they know it. Which is why they have no problem asking for anything. Joel, what kind of car do you want for your, for your 16th birthday? I'm thinking Fiat, <laughs> Ford Focus. Matter of fact, you want to know the truth? Toyota Prism, <laughs> Chevrolet Volt. Now they got a new one out, Chevy Volt, smaller than the Volt, $18,000. Charge it up, plug it up, and go. What does she say? Hard top convertible. I won't tell you the brand. I said, well, what's your second choice? <laughs> Soft top convertible. <laughs> what's your third choice? I don't have one. It's either one of those two. She believes she's equal with her father. Which simply means... I have it. She knows my heart. Let this mind be in you. That if it's in this earth, he wants me to have it. Especially if it's beneficial to me. So, on Tuesday I found myself, I can't tell you all what he had me do on Tuesday. But I drove around. I did something I haven't done in over a year. Came in and talked to him about it today. I'm just following. But something's getting ready to happen. Because I know he didn't wake me up that morning. Tell me to drive all the way down there. Do that. Stay there for three hours. Hello, somebody. Something's up. I don't know everything about this one. But I know something's up. And I'm getting ready. I just woke up and followed it. And got excited. How many know he wouldn't have got me all excited like that? If something wasn't getting ready to happen. I'm trying to help you all. How many know I'm I'm not ready to take my, my, my daughter to a dealership. Let's test drive the vehicle. And then tell her, psych. I don't think he had me do that to pull it away from me. Something's up. Training my spirit. Let that mind be in you. You're going to need revelation of that. You're a son of God daughter of God, which makes you equal with God. Don't hear that the wrong way. You're not God. But everything that belongs to him belongs to you. Go to First Peter chapter 5. 
man, I didn't know where that came from. I thought that was Jesus. I was looking up. He's in that booth up there. I heard a voice but couldn't see nobody. I was like, Jesus? Then his head popped up. He was sitting down, but that, I thought I had an out-of-body experience in here. You know what just happened to him? I bet revelation just hit his spirit. And I pray it hits yours too. You are not a nobody going nowhere. You are a somebody heading into some of the biggest things you've ever dreamed about in your entire life. If you'll discipline yourself, I'm just following the Holy Ghost. If you'll discipline yourself to not just hear this, but see this, I'm trying to tell you, it just saved this church $30,000. I know that's not a lot of money to you all. I know you write that check like and wouldn't even think about it, but I like keeping $30,000. Something's up, folks. God is up to something. Not just in my life, but in your life, too. And it's, it's so big that the Father is going to be so glorified that everyone who sees it is going to confirm that he's in your life. Where did I tell you to turn? Where did I tell you to turn? Okay, First Peter chapter 5. Watch this now. Verse 5 says, likewise, you younger people, submit yourselves to your elders. We don't like that word submit. Wisdom tells you like I've been doing here. I've been going back listening to Dad Hagen, Kenneth Copeland, my elders. Keith Bishop Butler. Uh, they still got good words, folks. You can hang that up. I've been going back listening to my elders. There's something about that. You all understand? And just really trying to understand what they understood. You are all to be submissive one to another and be clothed with humility. How many know there needs to be some submitting to each other too? See, why hire a business director and I won't listen to him? Why have all this intelligence with counseling and we won't allow her to train us? I'm the pastor. I graduated from now. She's a professional at this. I need to sit my butt down and listen to her. If he calls me and he says it's something I want to talk to you about, hey, this guy is a diversity specialist. I need to submit to the wisdom that he's sharing with me. And other areas, too. He's not a novice. And he does that. He calls me. He says, hey, I felt led to call you about something. It would be, I'd be full of pride if I can't listen to nobody but God. In marriage, the reality is, they just think she knows that I don't know. Here's the other thing. She's just smarter than me, smarter than me in certain areas. And I need to listen. And vice versa. 
good stuff, folks. Something's wrong when no one can tell you anything. And you know everything. God resists the proud. Oh, but he gives grace to the humble. Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may what? Exalt you. Casting all your care on him because he what? Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is walking around like a a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Resist him. That means to stand against him. How many know to stand against him is not him standing in front of you? you, No, we're talking about in your mind, right? Because what I'm ready to show you is this this works both ways. I mean, you can listen to what he said, say that out of your mouth, and he'll come up, he'll, he'll produce all of it in your life. Okay, watch this. Resist him steadfast in the faith or believing, knowing that the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood who are in the world. But, but notice, there's nothing you will ever go through that someone else has not resisted and came through successfully. Right? So you've got many examples all around you, especially when we submit to each other, which it tells us if you keep this in context, then there are things I can learn from someone else's experience because the word suffering there means experience. And so if I have enough wisdom to humble myself under that, listen to it, then let God give me the specifics around it, I mean, I can bypass a whole lot of things. All right? What do I want to say behind that? Never, folks, allow fear to run your life. So remember, Satan takes the same principles I've been sharing with you, and he perverts them, right? So what he's got to do is get a thought in your head, get you to say that out of your mouth, and then he's getting ready to create that situation in your life. It works that way. Anyone in here, I wrote these down, anyone in here ever just have a challenge sleeping sometimes just because of stuff, just talking all the time? Write these verses down. Proverbs chapter 3. I remember when I was going through my situation, I was meditating on it too much. It was affecting my sleep the wrong way. So, again, that shows you I'm trying to handle this instead of casting this over on God. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. It's going to bless somebody in here. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 24. Notice what it says. Proverbs 3, 24. When you lie down, you will not be afraid. Yes, you will lie down and your sleep will be what? Sweet. Especially if you know you're under the mighty hand of God. You should go to bed every night knowing that God has you covered. Regardless of what that day threw at you, know that God has you covered and sleep good. Let me give you one more. Go to Psalms 127. Psalms 127. When you get there, say amen. Psalms 127, 1 and 2 says, Unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early 
and sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows, for he gives his beloved sleep. I like something I heard Fred Price say many years ago. The alarm can't keep and protect the building. Well, first he said, if God can't keep the building, and if the alarm can't keep the building, he said he used to get up and go check on the building all the time, soon as when they first built the faith dome. I can understand that. We built a house one time. You go by there every day just to look at the next nail that went in, the next beam that went up, right? And get back early the next morning. You're excited. He said he was doing it from a different place. It was more trying to protect something from happening to it. And he got over in the fear, didn't even realize it. All right? Listen, folks. Man, unless the Lord builds linked up church, it can't be built. I know he is. Let me tell you something else that just happened. Supernatural. Now, you know God gave us the name for this church, right? There's not another church in the world named linked up. Or the way Marcus D. Wiley says it, linked up. <laughs> linked up. So now listen to this. Think about this. We're getting ready to own all the digital real estate for that name and anything close to it. What's the chances of something like that happening? Unless God gives you that name. Think about that. No one else in the world can touch that name because we are getting ready to own all of the digital real estate. God is good. So I know he's building this and we're not laboring in vain. But guess what? He wants to build something for you too. He really wants your life to mirror your church. So if your church pays cash for a building, pay cash for your next house. Pay cash for your next car. Pay cash for everything. Do everything debt free. Because that's the kind of world you live in. Let me close. I can say a whole lot more here. Go to 1 John chapter 3. First John chapter 3. I'm going to close right here. You guys can go ahead. Let me ask you all a question. I'm not finished here. These are just nuggets. Can I move that singles thing back one week? Hmm? That's good nuggets. I'm trying to tell you. Life-changing nuggets. Just from my spirit. Something's, ha- something's happening as I'm speaking to you all. Something's going on. Amen. What he showed me, Deacon Chisholm, I know he wasn't teasing. I know he wasn't teasing. Woke me up. Said, now I want you to go around there and look at that. And I did. I got excited. Then he said, look at everything around it. 
this is like one hour from my house. So I mean, I'm not just jumping in the car and driving around. And there's a wisdom that's coming to you for this youth movement, this youth program, uh, where he's literally going to take you back in time and download supernaturally what to do. Yeah, you'll glean from other programs, but there's a wisdom that he'll put inside of you specific to the youth that he'll send you to. And it'll revolutionize, say of God, everyone that you come in contact with. Listen to your spirit more than you do your head. And as I download information, trust me, say of God, because it's going to unlock keys and unlock things and unlock doors that you couldn't get yourself in. Oh, and it's going to be a great blessing to everyone that you come encounter with. But trust me, say of God, learn to trust me more and you'll see that I'll bring great glory into your life. Hallelujah. 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 There's some supernatural doors he's opening up for you. Supernatural. First John chapter three. Last three verses here. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. It's going to take faith for you to receive. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed on us, watch this now, that we should be called the children of God. Therefore, the world does not know us because it did not know him. I'll leave you right here for tonight. Beloved, now we are children. I'm not trying to be, I am right now. Which means, folks, everything that my father owns belongs to me. I hope you get a revelation of that. Which means he's not withholding anything from you. It's the world, the, 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 the earth is the Lord's. And the fullness thereof. He owns the cattle on the thousand hills. I was going to read something to you tonight, but I'll save it till next week. He literally says in his word that he gave this earth to his children. Which means we should enjoy it more than the world. It's good stuff, isn't it? You see what he's doing with me, don't you? Stretching me way beyond. The other thing he's teaching me, I got to keep people around me who encourage this big thinking. I can't have people who drain the life out of me and can only see how it won't work. Are you all listening to me? I'm learning more and more. Everyone doesn't want to go where God's called you to go. Because they're only going to see the natural. God wants to do some things supernatural where it takes a team believing the same way. I'm 
full, folks. Say, right now, I am a son or daughter of God. Everything that he has, I have access to. I have access to it now. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Or did you just say that from your head? Did you say that from your spirit? Do you really believe that? Do you really believe that? Which means God can deliver. No, I didn't say that right. God has already delivered. And if you're really in faith, you'll go get everything that he's already provided for you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lift your hands to the Father right where you're seated. Just lift your hands to the Father. Father, I pray.